Welcome to Across the Line on this Football Friday. We're bringing you our all-time foreign 11 that has played here in the Philippines. It's been 10 years of going through all the top talent that has played in the UFL and in the PFL. And it's been a fun little exercise, Chris. It's been brilliant to go back down memory lane and try to think about all of the players that have played on these shores um, from the UFL days to the current PFL players. We've had so many good foreign players play on these shores. So going back, thinking of all the players that played for like some Passagard and Pachanga and um, so some of these really formidable teams from from back in the UFL days to you know obviously the, the talent and the unbelievable quality that we now possess with the foreign players in the PFL and try to concoct and uh, put together this this foreign 11 as we've dubbed it um, I think it's really interesting uh, we've had a few arguments haven't we a few um, deliberations as to who should be uh, in the lineup but I'm pretty happy with the outcome and uh, I think we've got a team that's capable of doing some damage if we were able to put that together on the pitch. Who makes it into the 11? That is the conversation we're having and we look forward to hearing your comments and suggestions on our 11. And without further ado, here is the all-time foreign 11 in the Philippines here on Across the Line. It's an interesting one on Across the Line today. A few episodes back, quite a few episodes back, we did an Ask Us All 11 or All Time 11. But this time, it's time for us to do something that you've been wanting to do for quite some time, actually, Chris. And it is the ultimate starting 11 of foreign players that have played in the Philippines. Exactly. Exactly what we're trying to do today. It's going to be pretty tough. I was trying to go back through some of the players that have played back in the UFL days and and think about some of the starlets that we've had uh, playing on these shores. And there's some old names I'm sure are going to pop up. I'm sure you've got your ideas. We haven't uh, disclosed either of our teams yet. Um, and what we'll do is, similar to what we did with the ASCO 11, we'll have three players per position that we will nominate and then from there we will try to by the powers of deduction to come up with a player to fill each of those roster spots it, it's been quite an exercise in in looking back at all the players that have applied their trade here in the philippines and when we look back 10 years it's the 10-year anniversary of the explosion of the ascals with the miracle in hanoi but just around the same time was when the UFL was starting. And we were starting to see a lot of foreign talent uh, figure out that there was a place for them to play here in the country. And man, they really came out. And some of them have had some very colorful resumes who have played at high levels in other leagues abroad. And we were lucky enough to have them for a little while. So, man, it's, it was quite a trip down memory lane for me, that's for sure. Yeah, I think a lot of the names that come up are names that I completely forgot were here. You know, I was thinking about some of the players who we'll discuss in a little bit more depth later. And I was like, man, that guy had an amazing career here. Or, uh, and, and there's other ones who are like, wow, he's still here. You know, he's still here. He's still playing or he, he's still coaching here in the Philippines, you know, which is, which is amazing because I came here in 2013 and a lot of these guys were here even before me. So to see these guys, you know, some of them are still in the footballing world. Some of them are kind of working and then have their own businesses, et cetera, et cetera. So it's, it's, it's nice to try to figure out and maybe debate a little bit as to who we thought um, were, were the ultimate players from back in the day or in, even in today's game and, and see who can make our, our dream team of, of 11 players of, uh, of foreign nationality. 
All right, then. Let's get into it. You ready? I'm, I'm ready, mate. I'm ready all day. I'm looking forward to this. I love having an <laughs> argument with you. So any opportunities, great. All right, let's start right at the back. In between the sticks, we need three nominees for your best foreign goalkeeper. Would you like to start? Yeah, I'll kick off. I saw, again, there were loads. There was there were guys like uh, Sabah from yeah. back in the day. I was thinking about, like, is he going to get in? But he doesn't get into mine. He doesn't yeah, get yeah. into my top three. Um, you know, there, there were so many good goalkeepers that I can think of. And one of the things we have to really unpack is... Um, a lot of teams have assigned their foreign slots to goalkeepers, so that there was there was quite a, a plethora of goalkeepers to, to mm. choose from. Um, and I've gone for these three. I've gone for Roland Sadia, sadly, um, uh, recently passed away, but he definitely deserves to, to be in, in 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 my top three. A title winner um, was a was an ever present in the globals. Um, lineup for for many years obviously did the rounds with some other teams as well huge presence um both on the pitch and off the pitch huge huge character definitely deserves to be in the mix um i've gone with matt acton i only did a season here but played under me was one of my first signings currently now with melbourne victory in the a league um number one goalkeeper there right now um playing regularly week in week out had a great season for us Really, really top quality goalkeeper, and then Tony Doblas. Tony Doblas is is is, I mean, in terms of resume, as you said, probably maybe one of the best that we've seen. Yeah, um, who, who who's played in the in the Philippines? So there's my three, and we'll unpack that later. Who who have you got? Any crossovers there? It's a bit boring, isn't it? Because I've got the exact same oh, list. Oh, no, yeah, really? Sabo Garmarudi right on the outside, yeah, and I've yeah. got Roland Sadia because. Um, best goalkeeper twice in the UFL, yeah. uh, title winner, um, oh, yeah. and as you, and really stayed. You know, played with Global. I, I believe got involved with Stallion. Uh, stuck mm-hmm. around um, until his untimely passing. He's been here. He's been investing his his efforts in the Philippine game. You know, so that's been amazing to watch and a real solid goalkeeper. As you said, Matt Acton only one season, but how many big saves did Matt Acton have? And plus the AFC Cup. Um, just a massive, massive figure, and still somebody who really keeps a close eye on the Philippine mm. game, you know. So it's 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 cool to see. Obviously, a little bit of bias there with with the whole Kaya connection, and then there's Tony <laughs> Dobles, right? That a, a man who has been a source of so much frustration for all Kaya um, people who are who have Kaya as their allegiance. You know, Tony Dobles was a, a real foil for for a lot of. Um, a, a lot of those matches in 2018. So um, yeah, Tony Dobles for sure. He played the Liga, didn't he? Yeah, he I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. He played with Real Betis, uh, Real Zaragoza. He was at Napoli as well, believe it or not. I did my research this morning. He played at Napoli um, for a while. Uh, I only played a couple of games, but yeah, I mean, very, very high level. For me, one of the things that stood out with with Tony was even though he was an elder statesman, his ability to come off his line and be mm. that sort of bona fide sweeper keeper that Serres needed to deploy with the style of play that they had. Yeah. You know, very aggressive, you know, lots of possession. Um, you know, so for, for the majority of the games, they'd be camped inside the opposition half. And, and when you look at a lot of the, the, the teams that opposed them, including us, you know, when we had speedy forwards like Robert Lopez, Mendy, we could hit them quickly on the counter. The amount of times he would sprint, you know, 10, 15 yards outside of his box to clear the ball. 
I mean, Roland does a great job of that now, to be fair, also. But that was a season when Roland had his hiatus. Yeah. But wow, he was just such a difficult customer to deal with. I mean, that that balance with some of the phenomenal saves. I remember the game that we had down in Ilo Ilo, where he was just pulling out save after save after save. Amazing agility for, for someone of his age. Um as you said, massive foil for us. Didn't enjoy playing against him one bit. He was yeah. definitely a difference maker and a match winner, which is something that you want in a goalkeeper. So, yeah, I don't really have fond memories of him. But for me, I don't know how you feel, he was the best goalkeeper I've seen in this league. Yeah, by far, I would say. Um, I mean, he's, he, he was so good. He made you pronounce Saragossa so well. Just you now. like that? <laughs> yeah. I thought it was quite good. <laughs> All the I Spanish think... guys are going to cane me for it, but I thought it was all right. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. Honestly, he was annoyingly good at his yeah. job. He was so good. Um, every time you hit that ball over the top, he was just he was so keen as to when to come out and, and to anticipate that ball. So Tony Doblas, even though he was a, a much older Tony Doblas uh, in the PFL, it really gave you a, a peek into what it takes to make it at the top, top level. So. Yeah. Um, I think we are in agreement on this one. Okay. Not much of an All argument right. there. Tony Doblas, uh, number one, uh, okay. despite just being a year. That's That's got to say something about his quality. Yeah. Okay, that was an easy pick, wasn't it? I think that's a pretty easy pick. There's a couple of honorable mentions. Uh, Neutzel, I always remember him. He came in and did a season. Um, that's and so he was, familiar. What, what yeah, he play? was. so he was the stallion goalkeeper. And uh, he paid for it. Is it a Northern... Ma- Ma- Marianas Islands. I think he was a national team goalkeeper for them. Uh, he played in goal for Stallion the year we beat them in the semi-final of the cup. So uh, I I always remember his his appearances in that one, and um, he was a lively character. So him and Saba, I think they get the special mentions, honourable mentions. Both both good goalkeepers in their own rights, but. Unfortunately, didn't make the cut. So there was yeah. there was one more colorful gentleman from Pasargad. I believe he was, was the other one. What was his name? I remember. Yeah, him. I mean, he was the one who came out and broke Freddie's leg. I remember that one, and I remember the fact that he wore studs on turf, which for me typified just how crazy <laughs> uh, goalkeepers must be. Wait, but which uh, Freddie? Yeah, I remember. Gonzalez, Freddie Gonzalez. Oh, really? I remember when Freddie snapped his leg. Yeah, really bad. And uh, not long after, he disappeared. He disappeared, left the country. So, um, definitely, yeah, he was a wild one. Special mention for him. I forget his name. Um, <laughs> but that, that Pasagar was lit- team was littered with um, Iranian guys, wasn't it, yeah, at, at that yeah. time when, when there was no foreigner rich restrictions. If anyone wants to uh, write in or message in with the, with the name of that guy, um, Please do. Yeah, that was another wild goal- goalkeeper that we had in the, yeah, yeah. In the PFL, uh, UFL day, sorry. All right, let's move up into the uh, defensive area. Are we going to do centre-backs first? Do you want to do full-backs? I've, I've gone for three at the back. And the reason <sighs> being is I've loaded my midfield and, and attack with, with some additional players. So what? have you gone for four at the back? Yeah, I've gone for okay, four. Well, but... Okay, well, you go with your two centre-backs then. And then, right. I'll, and then I'll see how we can manipulate this to suit me. Okay, so center backs, three, right? Go on then, yeah. Be tough. Super Herrera. Yeah. Masanari Omura. Yes. 
Waco Kanyas. Yeah. Okay. I've got all those three. Okay. Um, and because I had three at the back, I've got an additional two. Mm. So we can kind of toy with that. Um, I said, I've got initial two. I've got initial three. I've got Nico Bolzico in there. And the only reason why I'd add him is purely for comedy value. <laughs> okay. I'd have, I'd have him in the lineup because he's a friend and he makes me laugh. I'm not <laughs> sure if this is official on how, you know, you should be picking a team, but maybe he'd be like in the squad. So I need to give him a mention just so he can get, you know, be on the bench and just be good for team morale. So I've added um, Yanagawa. Oh, yes. One. Uh, I've added him to my list. And I've also found a slot for Alfred Osei as a centre-back in a back three. So I opted to put him in here. And this is my rationale behind that. Uh, for me... Uh, we've seen a lot of foreign players, and there might be some arguments down the road here, but for me, the best foreign player that I, I saw, certainly that I played alongside, was Alfred Osei, his first full season with the club. At just an absolute monster. Um, you know, we were playing on the very small field at Emperor or um, tight spaces, so you couldn't really get away from anybody. And this guy was just an absolute physical specimen. I mean, you couldn't knock him off the ball. Um, any challenge was just like, no point. Let him win the ball. Just let him come out with it because you, you, you're going to come off second best no matter what. Um, amazing at carrying the ball out the back as well with real power and purpose. So he could step into midfield and often would, would penetrate into the final thirds often when dribbling out from the back. He was so powerful. Uh, obviously with his, with his previous background playing in, in central midfield, which is kind of flitted back and forth during the course of his career. Um, that first season, before we got his big injury, he was a force of nature. And for me, was was certainly the best defender that I've seen um, and the most dominant player, foreign player anyway, um, on the domestic football scene. That that first season. So I've, I've, I've reserved the spot for him mm. um, in, in that centre-back position. So but I had three centre-backs, so I was able to accommodate a few more people. Um, it seems like Yanagawa was the one you missed. Did you forget him or you didn't? You, did you feel like those other three had he, he's, he's one that floated under the radar for me. I forgot about yeah, him because okay. he's so mild-mannered, you know what I mean? You don't really see, hear him talk and stuff like this, but wow. Talk about cool, calm, composed at all times on the pitch, right? Yeah. Um, so hard to bombard the box when he was in there. You know, he was tall. He wasn't particularly athletic, but he was just positioned himself so well all the time. So, yeah, I remember how solid Global were with him around. Won the title with him. Yeah. Yeah, won the title with him. And I was really surprised that um, he went to JPV. I was surprised that he was he, he was moved on because... He was such a formidable player. Um, and just, yeah, very cool, very calm on the ball. Um, you're not necessarily the most aggressive, not mm. the most combative, but wow, just ice cold. And I think, you know, obviously, Maso Mori can probably put into that category also. Very cool on the ball, left and right foot, could distribute the ball over a short range, long range. Um, again, someone who could play multiple positions. So I, I know we sort of laughed because he came in as a winger when he first came <laughs> to the Philippines, um, played number 10 while I played number six for a period of time. So 
I still think his best position was as a centre back, um, and you know has been a mainstay of of Kaya's defensive um, unit for a number of years. So no, I, I can see why his inclusion would be there. But there seems to be a little hesitation and reluctance with the two Spaniards, with Canyas and Super. So what was what was the hesitation there? Uh, for me, more Waco. Uh, yeah. Waco for me is more how long he's been in the game in the Philippines and how he's been a mainstay and um, a constant, how should you say, uh, he's like a, a beacon of a particular standard that you should require in your defensive line, right? And Waco was that guy. He was just solid, you know. But if you compare him in terms of quality with the other people on this list, he might fall a little bit short. Is that fair to say? Yeah, I think with him, you've you got to remember that he won the double first year mm. with Stallions. That's right. And then moved to Morocco and won the cup. That's right. So I think he won. There was, there was a joke. I don't remember if you remember this tournament. There was like a charity cup or a preseason cup or something that he, he also won with uh, Loyola, which was won by default when Global, I think, failed to show up for a game. Um, <laughs> and uh, they end up winning this preseason cup. And, and Wacker was like, I've won four trophies out of four. Every trophy that I've gone, I've gone into, I've won. <gasps> and I was thinking, oh my gosh, this guy, like, what's he, what's he talking about? Um, you can't be including preseason competitions. But I, I would agree with that. I think when he came over with Rufus Sanchez, yep. Uh, elevated the standard and expectation of what a foreign player should be bringing to the team. You know, it, if you're going to be signing a foreign player, they need to be difference makers. And my gosh, was he and Rufo difference makers. I mean, absolutely elevated that team yeah. to another level and propelled them to the victories uh, that, that they won in the domestic game. And, and, and for me, he is a throwback to, you know, a more traditional, like a, a older style centre-back, you know, no-nonsense wasn't as cultured as you maybe you'd expect a Spanish defender to be. Certainly, I would say like Super Herrera was a more neat and tidy ball playing um, yeah. defender who's also able to mix that with his physical capabilities. Um, but, but Wacko was also formidable from set plays. Like he scored a lot of goals, a lot of sure. important goals. So now I think he definitely deserves his spot in this list. Um, and then obviously Super kind of similar to Tony Doblas. You know, he's been the scourge of Kaya for a um, a number of seasons. I mean, his his, his battles with Robert Lopez Mendy were um, were well documented. Um, they they um, I think it's lucky that they're fortunate that they're, they're on the same team now. They they had unbelievable battles back in the day. Yeah. Um, so I guess that leaves us with the awkward predicament of, of who we're going to select. So um, I'm intrigued to see what what have you got. Before we do this, maybe we need to find out who you have at your left back and right backs because I don't have that. Okay. I haven't put these guys down. So if I can maybe manipulate that into some of the uh, wing back positions in my 3 4 3, then maybe we could try to come up with some sort of compromise here. So who have you got at right back? This might back be good. This might be good, actually, because I had Alfred okay. playing in in midfield. Uh, right, at least okay. I had him in the list in midfield, right? Because okay, so he was in the list. All right. Okay, this might right, accommodate him. So on right yeah. back and left back, I'm just going to. Combine them because I think they played both sides anyways. You've okay, got go Serge Kaole, yes, right? Yes. You've got Delon Patrick Yao, who was Missed a him. monster, right? Missed monster. Him out. Yeah, okay. Uh, Christian Nana, only because I was having a hard time picking out. I mean, he had some solid seasons, uh, maybe the last one or two, not the most. Um, and then it was, um, it's 
how do you uh, is it Jorge Jorge Butron? What's his name? Or I, I, I would call him George. George, maybe, yeah. Maybe maybe in, in Spain in Spain he would be Jorge. <laughs> yeah, but um, <laughs> Butron, right? Okay, all right. So this, man. This, let's make this real simple then. Those those names are in my are my wide midfield positions. Oh, okay. okay. So let's pick three centre backs. All right. Let's pick three right. defenders, right? So I'll let you have the first dibs then, seeing as I chose Tony, which is a bit of a cop out. But who, if we could pick three, given the fact that those names are going to be available for the left and right midfield role in the three four three, mm. who would your three centre backs be? All right. Um, are we just going quality? You know what? I'm going to go. I'm going to go Masanari Mura. Ten okay. seasons in the Philippines, and yeah. his last two arguably have been his most solid. Okay. Um, ridiculous level of, of consistency, cool, calm, collected, and um, just a, a level of professionalism that you could count on and sets a standard for the entire team. Okay. There you go. From yeah. Masa. Right. That's one. Okay, that's one. I want the other two. Super. As much yeah. as I... Um, have been frustrated having him on the opposite side. Um, super, as you mentioned, athletic, tidy, on the ball um, yeah. as well, which is, I think, underrated in his capabilities. Good at set pieces as well. Uh, fiery um, character to have. Uh, you know who wasn't mentioned earlier was Milan, Nikolic. I think he won Ooh, also. Yeah. Global, Title right? winner, yeah. yeah. But... If Ose is playing in um, center back position, I would have him only because he's a lot more aggressive bringing the ball out. Yeah. Um, in terms of like stopping play, um, that's why I liked him as a defensive midfielder. He was so aggressive at like, you know, tangling himself um, yeah. with the play and stopping the ball. Um, so for me, him, that would be my three. Yeah. All right. So you've gone Amora, Ose, Super Herrera. Yeah. All right, I I had Yanagawa in there. Okay. Um, and then I had Ose, and then I had Super. So, so Masamis Dao. But Japanese but, switcheroo. Yeah, just because I felt like we could have two big units either side of Freddie, mm. um, just for that aerial capability. Um, maybe when you see some of the other selections, you'll understand why I need a little bit more brute force, but. <laughs> I can I can live with I can live with Massa obviously um being in that pick. So we'll go with that. We'll go with Amora, we'll go with Ose, and then we'll go with Super Herrera. So we'll go with them as a back three. All right. Okay. All right. So that, that means we can kind of transition nicely into our midfield line, right? So let's start with our right and left midfield. Um so we've established we're gonna play a three four three, right? Um and this way we can accommodate more strikers. So better better because we've got <laughs> quite a few of those. So you said Serge Coley, you said Nana Christian, and you said George Boutron, which are all in my list also. The ones that I've got down here as additions, Orman Okanaya. Ooh, I forgot about Orman. Right, which I think is a, I think is a good, good addition, yeah. especially on that left-hand side. Uh, great energy, you can get up and down the pitch, versatile, technician, um, excellent delivery on crosses, think he would be um i think it'd be one to add to the list for sure then on the other side i've got two korean players um i've got uh yan chan son 
who oh. played at Ceres, also as a central midfield player, also as a right back. I think as a natural position, he probably is a full, uh, a wing back would probably be his, his primary position. Obviously left and went to Tampanese where he was now playing in Canada, but I think he would be one who could add into the mist. And the last one is someone who's completely under the radar, which is Park Yi Jung. And I don't know if you mm. remember Park. Park yeah, was at yeah. Socceroo for a season or two. And in a wild t- twist, he is now currently playing in Germany at yeah. St. Pauli, uh, <laughs> which I believe is in the second Bundesliga, but he's currently on loan to another club. Um, but yeah, he's got, he went from UFL to Bundesliga 2, which is a pretty... <laughs> I, think, and he, I think actually he did play in the Bundesliga. So pretty, pretty wild. And that's, that is a story that's gone largely under the radar. Um, so they're my... They're my six. So Serge Coley, Son, Park on the right. And then I've got Orman, Nana and George Boutron on the left. So wow. what, what, are your, what are your takes on those six? Um, Parky Young, man. I completely forgot about him. I did have his teammate on the list because he was the guy who was tearing it up at the time, right? His, Lee? Lee Jong-woo. Lee Jong-woo got me sent off in the cup final. So he's out. <laughs> No matter what, I'm the only. This this is the true this is a true story. My brother and I both got sent off for being headbutted by the same guy. True story. Yeah. Yeah. So he headbutted you and then you reacted. Yeah. No, okay. I went down. Uh huh. He headbutted me. I went down on the ground. He got yellow card. I got yellow card. It was my second yellow. My first yellow was for pulling down Bienve who dived. Mm. So I was sent off. You sent off for flopping? I don't know why I got sent off. <laughs> Ask Ariel Montana, my best <laughs> friend. But anyway, long, that's a long, yeah, we, we're sort of digressing. So, but anyway, he's off the list, so you can, right. you can scratch him on straight away. But yeah, so, yeah, Park was someone who kind of went under the radar. Mm. I remember him vaguely, but Lee was the one who was tearing it up for soccer at the time, scoring yeah. a lot of goals. Yeah. Um, yeah. For those who don't remember, at that time, there was a lot of Korean and Japanese students that were coming and living in the Philippines for a while. Uh, and invariably, connections were made between clubs, various clubs, not just um, soccer but they were the one at the time who picked up these two players. And they turned Socceroo from this also ran to this real free-flowing attacking team that mm. also contained Diego Barrera at the time. That's and Diego is actually on my one list. of the other guys in my list. But they were really... I remember we played them the day after um, the Clear Dream match and we won 5-4. Uh, I don't know if Ali remembered it. Ali's, Ali came back from... Um, from a really long layoff injury wise and we won it 5-4 I scored a free kick in like real late in the game to win it and I was like wow they're just relentless going forward at the back yeah. awful yeah, yeah absolutely yeah, yeah, horrific exactly. that is some yeah. really bad defenders um, and I think Tommy Trigas was in goal at the time for them uh, but Thomas Trigas do you remember Tommy Trigo Trigo, uh, he, yeah, Trigo. Trigo. Tommy yeah. Trigo yeah, 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 yeah so, Tommy Trigo yeah so wow um, that was that was a really good team, and Park obviously came to prominence within that group. But I would never have pinned him for someone who'd play at that level. Yeah, yeah, never. yeah, yeah, yeah. We didn't see that one. That wasn't on not the cards, not at that time anyway. No, but then Son, guy... yeah, Son obviously went and played in in uh, for Tampines Rovers. I don't know if you know this story, but um, Louis Clark actually got the deal there. Um, but 
didn't pass the medical and the next mm. planet picked up was Son. So uh, he was the next uh, foreigner in line on their shopping list. But had Louis had passed the medical, then Son would never have gone. Um, but another one, multi-faceted utility guy, played in a different position, unbelievable energy, up and down the pitch. Um, again, super neat and tidy on the ball, great facilitator. Um, great player, you know, absolutely you know, one of those reliable individuals that any mm. any star-studded team, you need a guy like Son in, in your lineup because you yeah. know he's going to be seven, eight out of ten every week. And um, yeah, I, I, I was glad to see the back of him, to be honest, when he left to go to to, to, to Singapore because he was he was a diff- difficult customer. So the, these positions that we're filling right now, they need to be somewhat defensive as well because Son was more of a up and down kind of guy, right? Yeah, like, because Louis yeah. Clark could play out on the wing. Oh, but he's right. not defending, is he? <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, I mean, there's absolutely no defending going ex- on with Exactly. Clark, so there, there has to be, to be some defending uh, capabilities so let's, let's, here. Here we are on our front line here. So we've got to have a little bit of defensive capabilities. And that's obviously ties in quite nicely with having Serge Caoli in there, who's, yeah. who's the guy who you mentioned, because in terms of 1v1 defender, no one's getting past him. Yeah. No one's getting past Serge. Yeah, it's, it's not something you, you savor having him as a matchup on your flank. That's a tough one. So, yeah, so I think you were definitely right to have him in your list. So, I mean, let's maybe start with the right then. We'll nail this down because we've got Serge Coyoli, Son Yang Chan, and uh, Sun Yang Chan, and then Park Yi Young as the three options on the right. Who's your pick? Son? Sorry, who was it again? Son, Park, Park and Serge Coyoli. Oh, Surge, Surge, Surge. I think I'm going to go with Surge, man. Yeah, Sam, I'll go with Surge. Surge Stallion. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, that is first couple of seasons at, at, at Stallion. Wow. Unbelievable. I mean, he played well at Global, uh, won yeah. the title with Global. But I think when he first burst onto the scene with Stallion, wow. I mean, in terms of energy, you know, he was he was up and down the pitch real attacking threat with his pace, but also just defensively 1v1, he was impossible to get past, you know, a real stopper yeah. of, a, of a right back. So no, I'd agree with, I agree with you with that one. I think, I think Serge Coley definitely deserves to be in that right sort of wing back slot. Then that leaves us with the left-hand side. We've got Nana Christian, George Boutron and Ormond Okanaya. What are we going for here? Man, you know what? He wasn't even on my list, Ormond. Who was on my list was Lee Ju Young who was great with Stallion and early in his Loyola career, but disappeared mm. after that. Um, yeah, a bit of a polarizing character as well. He was a bit of a strange guy. Mm. Um, I think when that, that group of Koreans that Stallions had at the time, a lot of them were very good when they first came over and then they yeah. seemed to go off the boil massively after a year yeah. or two. Yeah, um, And he was, he was a bit of a, another one. I think he had off the field woes, so... I mean, when he went to Loyola, he was a real shadow, shadow of the, the player yeah. that we knew from, from Stallion. So, yeah, I, I, I personally wouldn't have him in that. I don't think he's in that company. It's got to be Orman um, then. It's got to be Orman, man. Like, um, I really love the way he played, you know. Um, he was so balanced a lot of the time. And as you said, got a great capability to whip in a great ball, right? Um, had pace uh, to go down the wing. And he was a real proper play on the side type character, you know, really knew how to widen the pitch 
and provide that opportunity, that that outlet on that flank. So um, Orman, I would say, and clever player as well, you know. So. Yeah, no, I agree with that. I think George Boutron's a little unfortunate. I mean, again, another one that only played a season was the fittest player I've ever played with, I think. It's just, I don't know if you remember, when we won the semi-final against uh, Stallion, I moved him into centre midfield. So I, I felt like, so we had Miguel, myself and George in central midfield. I felt like we just needed some legs. They had uh, a lot of energetic players who played in the middle of the park. So I felt like we needed someone with a little more energy um, to, to, to provide us with just a little bit more coverage in that middle of the park alongside me as a more facilitator. And he was incredible, completely mm. changed uh, our midfield dynamic, uh, you know, get freed up Miguel to be a little bit more attack oriented. And I remember the day after we did the cool down session. So I think we played 120 minutes and did a penalty shootout and he was running like a maniac after we'd done the cool down, like doing full field, like sprints, and I was like, George, mate, you need to calm down. He's like, no, I feel amazing. I feel brilliant. I feel I feel fresh. And he was always like that. He was just <laughs> a freak of nature, super fit. And I think had he had a bit more time here, I think he would have been able to stamp his authority on the league. But he obviously came at a time when AFC regulations were starting to become a little more stringent. And thus, you know, we couldn't afford to, um, you know, keep him on. Whereas the season before it was, you know, we had four or five, we had four slots, but we had six or seven foreigners and we could just interchange mm. uh, which ones we had on the roster. So it's a shame really, because I think he could have been a really big player for us. And he was a really good character to have around the squad, really fiery, really feisty. We had a few run-ins on the training ground, but great player. But I think I agree in terms of quality. I think Orman really... Um, I had a bit of, bit of issue with Orman because when he first came, I remember someone reckoned that he was the best centre midfielder in the league, which would have been sort of 2014, 2015, because when he first came in, he played in central midfield and I wasn't having none of it. Um, so I was, I was pleasantly um, surprised to see him when he came up into the top flight. He was playing more, operating more on the wing. But no, I think he was, again, another one versatile. He could play left wing, he could play left back yeah. in central midfield. He just had a good footballing brain and, uh, another one, great attitude. Um, yeah. I think he'd be great to have in any team. So, um, no, I would agree with that selection. I've got no issues with that one. So, that leaves us with um, the two the two wide positions, Phil. So, we've got to nail down. I've got two central midfielders. I think this one could be... Jesus. This is yeah, going to be a tough one. one. So, I've got my six names down. Who have you got on your list? All right. I'm just going to run through them real quick. Um, you, Hoshide. Yeah. I had Alfred in there, so he's off that list. Okay, so he's ha- off. Yeah, yeah. Hamed Hajimari. Yeah, I'll go Hamed, right? yeah. He's got to be yeah. on that. Um, Hamed, yeah. Takashi Odawara, I yes. think, needs to be on that list. Yeah. Um, guy who had a couple pretty damn good seasons uh, with Pachanga, Davide Cortina. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> oh my um, God. Let yourself down with that pick. No, no, no. Based on, come on, man. Oh, no, no, no. Do you keep coming. Remember you, Cortina. You remember Cortina, right? Oh, my gosh. Um, 2013 UFL Cup winner, Bobe Park. Still in the country, by the way, coaching. Yeah, good you. player, yeah. Yeah. Um, and I think, no, no, no. He didn't play center midfield. So, Rich, uh, Richard Greer. 
was my okay. So you left you left Diego one. off. You've left Diego Barrera off. So he must be one of the your front. I had him guys. on a I had him on a wide position. All right, no, okay, no, all right, no problem. So you can add him in. So like my ones are. So I've got Hamid, Hoshide. Yeah, I agree with those. I've got Rich. Agree with that. Odawara. I've got Diego Barrera in central midfield because when I first came across him, he played centre midfield for Stallion, so I had him in that slot. Mm. Uh, I don't. I think the firepower we've got up front. I think he's he's not in that company. Um, and I can't believe you left him off because for me, he was the best midfield player I played against here in, in the Philippines, which was Junior Gay. Oh, Junior Gay. Oh, my God. Junior Gay, when he first came to the Philippines. So I, I was just going back through. I, I remember he played a lot in, in different countries in Africa. I looked him up. He played in Tunisia, Syria. He played in Oman. He played in UAE. Um, and when he came to the Philippines, he was just a different beast just a completely different beast to anything I'd seen before. Cause obviously he's, he's a big guy. He's probably six foot one, six foot two, but a big frame as well. So he was just, and on that picture, McKinley, you just couldn't get, you couldn't get any body on him. He was just, mm. you know, he just put position himself. He just prop you off the ball, use his body weight. Well, shield it little touch away from pressure, but he could hit the ball over range on a dime you know, left foot, right foot. He could hit it with a bit of fade. He could whip a ball in behind the back line. He had everything. He was so cultured and he was nothing like any other midfield player that I played against in this league. Um, obviously, I played alongside Rich Greer. Again, and fell victim to injuries. I think prior to his injury, in terms of Defensive midfield players was the best I played alongside here in the Philippines. Um, again, excellent vision, uh, read the game extremely well, was much better defensively than people gave him credit for, was a great sort of interceptor of, of and breaker up of plays. Um, so I think he definitely deserves a mention. You were someone who I would play against and he played at about 10 mile an hour, hardly moved, <laughs> but would dictate the tempo of a game at yeah. 45 years old, however old he was when I played against him. You know, just oozed class like he just he was just a step ahead of everyone else he didn't have to do too much to influence the game and I really respected that the only thing I would say with him is I would love to have seen him probably even just four or five years earlier because I mm. think even to, I sort of came towards the back end of his career and I felt he could be overrun a little bit um, when he played for JPV he, he sort of surrounded himself with with players that could do a lot of the the running for him um, but uh, yeah absolutely it was on my list and, and someone was was real class. Um, Odawara has got a really interesting background. So I was talking to Massa about him and he came with very little fanfare. So a lot of these other guys came in and had big pedigree. So it's like you, for example, played loads of different countries across the globe. Um, Massa had played at a really good university level and then played again in Australia, different countries. Odawara came in with no pedigree at all unheralded from his time in Japan, didn't play at the highest level and really cultivate this game when he came to the Philippines. So before too long, he was one of the best foreign players in the league. Mm. Adept at playing centre-back, effective as a, as a makeshift striker, but I think his most natural position is central midfield. I think with him, he's someone who went from being an unheralded player in an average JPV team to being an absolute star player in, you know, a double winning series team, which yeah. just goes to show how much development he'd have. He's, he's had over such a short period of time. And um, 
Incredible player. Incredible player. Definitely deserves to be on this list. Incredible player, man. And played sevens in last year. I mean, before he was picked up by Serres, he was playing in the sevens football league. And, you know, just like absolutely schooling these people without getting himself involved in any physical contact, really. He was basically playing, trying to keep his body safe, many injury, and just schooling these guys on TV. And then eventually when he made it over to Sarah's, it's like, all right, is he going to be able to adapt to all of these stars? No problem. Picks it up yeah. right off the bat. Um, just a real joy to watch, you know, just watching him pick up the ball from the goalkeeper and then spray 40, 50-yard pass without any hesitation, without any extra uh, backlift or anything like that. Just easy. The game was so easy for him, you know, to watch him play and go to Tokyo, have the whole experience. Yeah, what the experience. That must wild, have been wild. So um, he's definitely, as you said, grown over the last two years and has become one of my favorite players to watch, um, hands down. Um, Takashi Odawara. So for that, I would say pretty safely. Should we put him in the list? I mean, he's... Oh, I, I, I have him. I mean, we've got... For the attacking midfielder slot, we've got Diego Barrera. You've obviously said you might have him in, in one of the attacking positions, so we can add him in later on yeah. uh, in that list. And then Hamid. I mean, one thing about Hamid that would always surprise me was the fact that even in a crowded penalty box, he would just emerge with the ball. You know, he'd based on his futsal background, he was just able to manipulate his way out of very tight spaces and then just bang, all of a sudden he's in, he's in front of the goal and he'd score. So for me, he was one of those guys that, especially that sort of Pachanga team of the early sort of 2013-14 season, early UFL days, he was the, the sort of the, the pin-up boy for that team and they were a very, very good side. And another one who stayed here in the Philippines to, yeah. to you know, to, to live his life here. So I definitely think he deserves his, his name to be on this list and be mentioned with these other players. Um, yeah, f- infuriating character to play against, uh, but super nice guy off the pitch. Yeah. And uh, yeah, he's, he's definitely deserves to be in the mix. Definitely. When you say polarizing, you know, the, his teammates also, they want to get the ball off him. They want him to pass the ball. Sometimes he doesn't like to do that as often, you know, but a player that perhaps you take for granted. You know, he's been here for like almost a decade. Yeah. He's just been a constant, you know. And when Mendiola came to the picture in the PFL, he was there. And you can see he's still scoring goals, still able to contribute to the game. So, yeah, Hamed, definitely a fun, fun character to have around. Um, honorable mentions, perhaps, on that Pachanga team that you mentioned. You had Super Shayan, right? Uh, how do you say his name? Jafar Destiny. Yeah. It was it was a difficult yeah. to say. Yeah. Um, Reza, the guy with oh, the left. Right? Wow! The guy, wow. if his knee wasn't messed up, man, that guy could play. Reza, he had um, an absolute sledgehammer left foot. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Those are the, the the trio, right? The, the Iranian trio, those three. So uh, amazing group of players that they were able to put together, and the entertainment value of that Pachanga side playing a high line. Uh, taking Loyola all the way to the edge in that 2013 UFL Cup final. Um, yeah, that Pachanga side of Coach Noel Merkaida, by the way. Uh, that was quite a side. Um, uh, definitely a formidable one. So uh, those guys need to be mentioned, but it's it's going to be quite difficult to pinpoint who you want in that attacking, attacking slot. Is it Diego? Is it... Uh, well, Takashi, I think, more of a defensive, right? So would you like Diego, Hamed? I think those are the two that we're choosing from, or is it not? 
I'm, I'm going to go Junior Gay in there. For me, he was the best player that I played okay. against uh, in the league in central midfield. I think if you're going to go three up top, you might need to have uh, someone who can have the capability to do both. I think also having someone like Takashi in the lineup means in an emergency, he can go and plug a gap. So mm-hmm. again, this is a mythical team. Yeah. So we're not actually going to play him. But yeah. I feel as though the combination of a junior gay and Odawara would complement each other quite well. Mm. Um, I think physically as well, that is a formidable pairing. Yeah. You know, both strapping guys, both not afraid to tackle, um, but both have offensive flair and, um, you know, very good technicians. So my two pick would, picks would be junior gay and Takashi Odawara. All right. All right. I'm all right with that. That works with me. Happy with that? Yeah, you get stick. Yeah, okay, cool. Well, yeah, because Junior Gay perhaps is the one that I didn't get. You know, wasn't on my radar as much. How have you forgotten about him? I don't know. Maybe I didn't get a chance to cover enough Stallion games, or I don't know. That's a strange baller, that guy. Yeah. Strange one that he. I missed out on him. Um, Yeah. yeah. Okay. It's. I feel it's so strange that you is missing out on this list. Um, how many titles does he have? transformation of i mean global was basically pinned around his capability as a midfielder um first japanese guy in the in the philippines to play at a high level but as you said perhaps just a little bit over the hill when his time was here in the philippines but man even at his 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 riper age he was able to spray the ball around huh Okay. All right. Okay. Well, who do you want to replace? You want you want to? Re- yeah, maybe. I think special mention. I, me personally, I would say Odawara is at his peak in the Philippines. It was is at the moment, but better than a peak Ashida in the day. That's from what I would obs- I have observed. So, if you want to change that, that's up to you. Seeing as he's involved with the club, and you might get some pelters if you don't <laughs> if you don't include it. Absolutely, is. not but, even under my consideration. Okay. Um, yeah, I, I for me that would be my my, my pick. So if you were to change it, we can we can leave that one with a with an asterisk and maybe revisit that at the end of the. Okay. End All of right, this we'll leave that one yeah. because the fun All part's right. coming up. Attackers. We've got to pick three forwards, mate. We've got to pick three forwards, and oh I've got god. a list. Oh as long my as god! My oh my so, god! This is you gonna know be what? tough. You want to go for yours, and then you go with your f- list. I've got nine players here. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I've got seven. I got seven. Go on then. I put out. All right. Go. Um, let's start off with the obvious, right? Bienvenido Marañón. Let's start yeah. off with the obvious. Most goals yeah. scored in the AFC Cup has been yeah. tremendous for Ceres, um over the course of the last, what, five, seven years? I don't know how long he's been here now. Um, but how many trophies have they put together? And sh- such a strange skill set. You know what I mean? Like killer instinct off the charts. He doesn't move sometimes to get into the spots that he needs. Just clever. Clever. Um, shoot outside the box, inside the box as a poacher. He heads the ball. How many headed goals does he have? He doesn't even leave the ground. Ridiculous. Um, just football IQ off the charts. Um, clinical. Bienvenido's got to be on our list. Yes? Yeah, 100%. Yeah, absolutely. Nailed on. I think you summarized it perfectly. The only thing for me... I would add to that is I would say he's the most intelligent player to come onto these shores. Mm. You know, just like, like you mentioned there, he's footballing IQ. It's, he it, it doesn't seem to move. He, he just adopts these positions and he sort of just ghosts in there. 
You know, he just operates in that space behind the opposition midfield and in front of their back four, back three. And all of a sudden he's in this pocket of space on the half term and he's dribbling at you. You know, uh, the, the cross is coming in from the right-hand side. He gets in between the fullback and centre-back. He heads it in. Yeah. He's five foot nothing. You know, so he's just his 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 anticipation and his awareness, his his ability to adopt these very difficult position and positions to to pick up. For me, he's the most intelligent player that I've seen, and uh, allied with his finishing capabilities. I yeah. mean, clinical. Um, the other thing I would say about him is his, his ability to chip a goalkeeper is, is just afforded us the, the opportunity to see some of the most fabulous chipped finishes um, that you ever like you to see at this yep. level. I mean, including penalties. He seems to chip every single penalty down the middle. I don't know why goalkeepers don't um, uh, seem to pick up on it very quickly, but uh, some, especially the AFC Cup, he scored a couple of wonderful chip finishes um, and yeah, absolute nailed on on that list. So yep. I had Izu and... Um, Fernandez um, occupying one of the mm. forward lines. So they were the other three guys I had positioned on the kind of sort of wide of a front three type positions. But yeah. I don't think that they really... Izu obviously came at a time when the league was in its infancy and was yeah. a real hot shot back in the day. And then obviously as, as time wore on, his influence wasn't as uh, as prominent as it was when he, when he first started out. If we but, made this list in you know, 2015, we, nailed on. Israel have been yeah, on yeah, that list, definitely. yeah. But yeah. it's 2020, well, and it's been a, lot a while. Of real high profile. Yeah, it's been a while. So I think unfortunately he misses out. And then for, for his incredible goal scoring record, Fernandez did a great job with Serres. But I just feel as though, you know, when you're looking at Bienve and his 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 return on goals, uh, and the level of consistency that he's done it, plus his all round game is. I would say better than Fernandez. I would I would have him. Hmm. I would have him in the list for sure. Right. Do you remember Milad had one season, but it was a spectacular season with Global. They won. Megandom. <laughs> Megandom, man, that guy was a killer too, huh? But only one Megan season. Dom. Uh Just somebody to 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 spark some memories. But okay, so Bienve, obvious. Yeah. Obviously, we got to mention. Yeah. Uh, Rufo Sanchez, perhaps honorable mention. Um, had an incredible. So I've got three on that. Yeah, I've got the three on the central striker position. So I've got Rufo Sanchez, Mendy, and Jordan Minter as my sort of striker strikers. So yeah. do you want to start? So I'll cut you off with Rufo, but yeah, Rufo, go yeah, ahead. Well, what an impact he had, right? Um, when Stalin won the double in 2013, uh, Rufo was central to everything they did, right? It was just an absolute killer. Um, so Rufo Sanchez was equivalent to goals and excitement. And you were always excited to see what Rufo was going to come up with. So um, he was an absolute killer. But then, you know, he got dragged into a transfer battle, which dragged out and he became ugly. And then by the time we saw him again, he was part of a global side. And it wasn't the same Rufo anymore. It wasn't the same global. So I, I feel like we got robbed of Rufo Sanchez uh, a little bit, you know. So uh, unfortunate that that one bright season that he had, which was spectacular, wasn't really followed up with anything um, that we can remember um, too much. So I think he, he misses out Rufo Sanchez for me. What do you think? Oh, okay. Yeah. I mean, I would say 
again, what we said with Wacko is, is true of what we said about Rufo in terms of he elevated the level of expectancy for what a foreign striker should bring to the table. You know, you've got to be a goal a game. Yeah, that, that was really what it was. You, you've got to be averaging a goal a game in this, this type of league. Um, and he delivered, and some. So, you know, I think he obviously went off and played in um, Southeast Asia, different countries, but the best seasons that he had were, were here with Stallion in, in, the, in the UFL. And it was a privilege to watch him because I think at, at his peak, he was a top, top level striker. So um, I would have him in there for sure on the list. But maybe I think we're talking about Jordan Minter and Robert Lopez Mendy mm. in competition. I think they just had a, in terms of body of work, yeah, they did it for a longer, more sustained period of time. Robert Lopez Mendy, 2018, that was a thing of beauty. That season was unbelievable. And to watch what he had to overcome to achieve that 2018 season makes it even more spectacular. You know, um, yeah. that, a drought that lasted almost a year that he turned around because of an assist from Jordan Minta in Bacolod. Uh, that ended the streak, and then he got a hat trick the very next game against Davao, and then he never looked back. And it was just goal after goal after goal. Unfortunately, Jordan Minta had gotten hurt that season, but winning the Copa Paulino Alcantara, scoring the amount of goals that he did in the manner that he did it, he was just in a zone that 2018 where he, you couldn't not he could not not score. You know what I mean? Every game, it was like, Robert Lopez meant he's going to find a chance. And when he did, he could score in a multitude of ways, right? He could score with his header inside, with a head inside the box. He could shoot from outside the box. He could muscle his way through on his own. Uh, man, he could do a little bit of everything. And um, talk about an engine on a player, right? Robert Lopez Mendy, spectacular. And obviously that, that lined him up for a transfer to Ceres. And he's continued uh, pretty much where he left off, even though he had a little bit of a um, stopover in Malaysia that didn't quite pan out. He got injured there, came back to the Philippines and just picked up where he left off. Um, so I think Robert Lopez Mendy ahead of Jordan Minta, I think, in this one, uh, only because of that 2018 season was just off the charts, and it resulted in a trophy as well. I've got Robert Lopez-Mendy. So, so in 2018, Robert Lopez-Mendy's father passed away. And he already had some troublesome times at the start of that season. So for him to get the goal haul that he did, for him to be so pivotal in our cup win that season, it was all off the back of pretty much half a season of unbelievable work because he, he had such a difficult start to that season. A lot of that season, he was actually on the bench for us. So for him to, to perform at the levels that he did was just incredible. And obviously he went to Malaysia, did well to begin with, then suffered an injury and then found himself in this difficult predicament where he wasn't playing and then subsequently was released of his contract. Um, so to see him come back, do the double with Ceres and ultimately get his opportunity to play in the AFC Cup stage, which is where he belongs. Um, that for me was, was really gratifying because I think he deserved that. I really do. For, for me, personally, I think overall... He has been the best striker um, that I've seen, foreign striker, on these shores. Yeah. And, man, started off was what, centre-back for Green Arches? Yeah. <laughs> Nobody would have expected that, you know, we would see this guy blossom into what he is today, right? 
And uh, we've we've talked about Robert a lot on this show uh, already, right? You know, he is um, assimilated into the Filipino culture, right? You know, he's got a kid here. He's married to a Filipina and uh, one of the nicest guys you'll ever meet in the football community. And it's hard to vote against him because of that. But also he backs it up with a hell of a game, a hell of a game. And um, over the last three years, four years, I think Robert Lopez-Mendy has been just easily one of the most solid forwards out there. And um, we're talking about the highest level of Philippine football at this point in time, right? I mean, whatever troubles the leagues might be going through, the highest level is being played on the pitch. So I would say, yeah, Robert Lopez mendy has got to be on that list for me. Yeah, I agree. I think that to summarize his overall work ethic you just have to look at that Joven Bedic goal in the 119th minute of that mm. cup final the run that he made into that channel to out muscle Marco Casombre and then inch perfect ball into the box for for Joven Bedic like you forget he was injured as well in that game yeah. he shouldn't really have played but he, he demanded that he played and just how he performed was nothing short of heroic in that final so that for me maybe where I've got some rose-tinted glasses when it comes to my selection. But for me, he was the best striker. It was the first signing that I made um, when I became head coach. And I just felt that he could bring just something different compared to the other strikers that I'd seen in the league at the time. And um, fortunately, I was proved right with that. So, yeah, for me, Jordan Mint, a great player, great character, uh, colourful, lively, impossible to coach. <laughs> it was like coaching a five-year-old sometimes. I think my, my five-year-old son gives me less trouble than Jordan. Um, and it, and a, a, about a similar level of intelligence. But I would have... Mendy just pips it for me because I think Jordan, as an all-round player, unbelievable level, you know, unbelievable level. Um, and uh, I'm hoping he can go on to great things um, yeah. in his career because he's got so much potential and, and played phenomenally well against us when he played for Stallions in particular. Yeah. Um, but for me, Mendy... Over, again, body of work. We're talking about sustained period of time, longevity at the top. Yeah, he's he for me is, is the central striker. The the interesting thing about Jordan Minta is that if we make this list again ten years from now, he would still be in the conversation. He's so young. Yeah, Minta's not even yeah. twenty five. You know what I mean? Yeah. So we don't know what crazy things Jordan Minta is going to be able to achieve in the next decade. But that's or so, he, so. Not even he knows. So let's see what happens. <laughs> hopefully we don't. Hopefully he isn't on this list, though. To be honest with you, Jing. Hopefully he goes on uh, to have a great career outside of outside of the Philippines because yeah. he's got that capability. You know, he mm. can go and play in Europe. He can go and play, you know, at a top Asian level. You know, he he is that good. So yeah. with time on his side, hopefully his his career can can continue on and up with trajectory. So we've got two nailed down. We got Robert yes. Lopez Mendy and Bienvenido Marañón, yes. which is good news so got- for Ceres Negros or yes, what is it? United City FC. Good yes. news for you guys. Yeah. Uh, two so best. we've got, yeah. So I've, I've just so just to give you an idea of my lineup, I've basically had this as a right-sided forward position, which is pretty loose with the names that I've got in here. But who who have you got potentially for this for this side? All right. So missing out that has not been mentioned is Louis Clark. Obviously, that's yeah. the main one. Um, Adrian yeah. Gallardo is the only other player, perhaps that was not mentioned. Finished the top. Goal scorer in the year that Sarah's won the championship in the UFL. Yeah. Tough one, uh, yeah. That's it. Um, those are my forwards. I think we've gone through all of them. Um, well, I've, I've got Daryl Roberts and I've got Pablo Aracil. 
as well. Who's um, that? Who's Pablo? Pa- Pablo, Pablo Rodriguez. Aristotle. Rodriguez. Yeah, Ooh. yeah. One of my favorite celebrations when he scored against Loyola. Like he could taste it, you know. <laughs> yeah, what, Pablo, Pablo, good guy too. What a yeah, what a finisher. Again, another one like Bienve, but just obviously with the physical element to to, to add in, but didn't move. Did not move. Yeah, I mean, yeah. if the ball wasn't right at his feet, he wasn't interested. Infuriating to play with at times. Was one of the worst trainers I've ever seen. But on the pitch, in the game, especially in the big games, he would always come up trumps. Yeah, and yeah. another one, just clinical, knew where the goal was, back to goal. He could roll a defender. He could, again, leverage his strength. Just, I remember that headed goal we scored against Lola. He just held Wacko off. Yeah. And just guided the header into the top corner, you know, just again, product of the Valencia Academy. So had unbelievable sort of grounding in the game and what a unique career. I mean, basically went from country to country playing a season here, season there mm. and, and managed to rack up some unbelievable stamps in his passport. So uh, living in Singapore now, doing some stuff with the Real Madrid Academy over there. Uh, great guy, actually really, really good guy. Uh, I think he deserves to be mentioned, as does Daryl Roberts. I think Daryl probably slighted a little bit in the last couple of years. Um, obviously tainted a little bit with his time at, at Global towards the back end of his career. But mm. what a player. I mean, just always someone you had to keep an eye on because, again, very shrewd, very cunning. Again, would drift into these awkward pockets of space, would drag defenders out of position was adept back to goal on the half Ooh, turn. Back you know, to he, goal, man. His, his ability to take the ball out of the air on the chest was yeah. was just superb. So, no, I mean, he he's someone I think he deserves a mention. But your man at the top of the conversation, I hate to admit it, but I think I think Louis Clark deserves to get in there. Um, you know, when he first came, was absolutely electric, blistering pace, um, had just this direct nature where he could go and beat players 1v1, get around the back of them, whether it be cross it into the box or shoot from impossible angles. Just for me was that first year, he was so direct and so clinical. Um, I think, you know, for me as a manager, I probably mismanaged him to a certain degree. Um, When I became head coach, I think because we had a, we had a understanding because we, grew up together um he's obviously just a year younger than my brother but i known him from a young age so i think probably try to keep it keep him at arm's length a little bit more because there's maybe an assumed level of friendship there and i wanted to maybe um sort of keep that professional relationship Mm. and was probably harsher on him than i should have been but he'll probably be the first to admit he was a little bit overindulgent with the life, the, you know, the, the nightlife. And um, a lot of players fell foul to that. And I think his last couple of seasons, he wasn't as um, impactful as he was perhaps that first season. Because the first season, he was devastating. He was the best player in this league by a mile, in my yeah. opinion. So um, if you're taking that, Larry Clark, absolutely. He's your man. He's yeah. your man to, to occupy that right-hand side of the front three. And I'd never seen a player endear himself to a set of fans more quickly than Louis Clark. I mean, they really, really liked him. 
And why not, right? He came in, he scored a bunch of goals. He did it in an entertaining fashion. And he was a fiery character. You know what I mean? Like, if there was a fight on the pitch, he's the first person to be out there sprinting 40 yards to get involved in the in the tussle, you know? So if you're supporting a team, you're like, that's our guy. Louis Clark, that's our guy, you know? So, yeah. And a, a really... F- Funny guy, down to earth. Um, I wasn't involved with Kai yet, but I got along quite well with with Louis, you know. Um, and as you said, um, so difficult to stop during that that year that he came on, and just people were bamboozled, didn't understand. Like, how is he so fast? How is he um, so clinical in front of goal? I mean, there's yeah. so many so many uh, big goals that he scored, you know. Um, but as you said, um, at the tail end of his career with Kaya perhaps didn't get on the pitch that often was hurt a lot more and when he did get on it wasn't the same um Louis Clark that everybody had grown to uh, anticipate but man that was the star that that really shone brightly that that one and a half years or two years that that Louis Clark was able to showcase his talent I liked Louis um I would like him to be on the right side of this attack. You know, that would be incredible, especially when you have people who can pull the strings like Odawara out there um, in midfield. This, you know, somebody who could drag an opponent out wide. You could have Bien drop into the pocket and it's going to be all kinds of problems for defenses. You know, I mean, it's, it looks like a good team, Chris. Yeah, I think uh, last thing with Louis, you know, I'll ever forever be thankful with him because he scored obviously the winning penalty in the semi-final, the winning penalty in the final of our uh-huh. um, cup win back in 2015, UFL Cup. So yep. yeah, that for me was was special. It was my first trophy. Uh, it was a massive deal for us to qualify for the AFC Cup. So for him to be ice cold in, the, in that really key pivotal moment, he was injured at the time as well and basically was, was, was brought on to finish the job. That was, that was essentially his role and, and he did it. So... Uh, yeah, well, I'll forever be thankful for for him for that because he he was able to deliver in 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 that key moment when we really needed him the most. So um, I think he's deserving. I think I totally agree. I think looking at that lineup, I think we got some good players there, mate. Um, I, I'm I'm happy with it. It's not too far off. I think we're we're in agreement. I think I'd, I'd love to hear if anyone else has their opinion, but. Um, if I'm to go through this, this is this is the lineup that we've 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 agreed on. I think we've got one more to you need to confirm, but we've got Tony Doblas in goal. Okay. We've got Masa Amura. We've got uh, Alfred Osai, and we've got Super Herrera. That's our back back line. Serge Caioli on the right, Orman Okanaya on the left, uh, Junior Gay and Takashi Odawara in mid centre midfield. If you want to add in Hashida, you can. Uh, that's that's your last that's your last one. Sorry, sorry, it's, got... it's it's who do you have? It's Odawara and yeah, and who you in said the Hashida. You were upset about Hashida, weren't no, you? No, you had so Junior Gay, that. right? Junior Gay, yeah. Junior Gay, I I like Junior Gay because he's more of an outside shout that maybe would have fell off the radar for a lot of people. Um, yeah. But you're speaking from experience, you know what I mean? Mm. Like you played along uh, against him, so it's hard to argue against that. Uh, yeah. From an outsider's perspective, looking in on paper, when you're looking at the history books, uh, achievement-wise, Yu Hoshide by far, by a country mile. He's got the trophies and he's got the pedigree. But I'm going to leave that decision up to you as you are right. a, a veteran of the game. All right. I'm going to pick Junior Gay. 
All right. pick Junior Gay. For me, he was the best midfield player I played against. So I, I there's no what you're saying. I totally agree. There you go. I, to, I totally agree with what you're saying. Like you again, body of work. Yeah. Yeah. Def, definitely. Um, but yeah, I think if you were to take peak Junior Gay and put him in any team, Southeast Asia, he's he's a massive, massive different maker. So I'm, I'm going to have him in there. And I, I would like to keep Takashi Odawara. I think yeah. he's and again. If it was him versus you, that's another good good matchup. Those two, mm, but mm. Uh, again, Odawara now with his multiple titles with with Ceres, I think he just pips it. So that leaves us with the front three, and we have got Bienve, Robert Lopez, Mendy, and Louis Clark. Which oh, I, I wouldn't fancy lining up against that front three. <laughs> um, pick your poison with them three. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, it's, yeah. Uh, it's a formidable front lineup. So. Um, yeah, that's it. That's our that's our eleven. I don't know if you during the course of this have thought of anyone else you would like to add, or if you've missed anyone out. Anyone been unfortunate, or Paulie? Are you happy with that? I, Paulie had some good ones. Um, what's his name? Carlo? Yeah, Paulie. Paulie yeah, Paulie. Yeah, yeah, Paulie. Yeah, but probably not on the list. But yeah, just thought thought, thought I'd throw him out there. But yeah. other than that, I think we covered all the individuals that uh, need to be mentioned. You know, who would who would be coaching this side? So what we saying is going to be a foreign coach. It's got, got to be, be a foreign, foreign coach, coach well. right? Well, Risto would be the obvious choice, wouldn't yeah. it? Yeah. Um, maybe we get you Hoshide to coach it then. See, there's quite a few Japanese boys in there, and then we get him. We get player coach. He loved the player coach role. So um, maybe maybe we have him as the coach then. Yeah, I like that. I like that. Yeah. Maybe that's one way we can shoehorn him into this group with Nico Bolzico, our bench man, to keep the entertainment value right up there, and maybe get some fans in. But what would you reckon that team is that team winning the UFL or, oh, or PFL? Man. What do you think? That's a tough one. That's a tough one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'd say. Yeah, yeah. It's a pretty solid team, man. It's tough it's to play team, against mate. that one. It's a pretty good team, mate. <laughs> yeah, it's definitely going to be a matchup for any title contender. That's for sure. Yeah, I like it, mate. I like it. Oh, mate, that's been fun. I've enjoyed that. I've enjoyed yeah. that. I think it's um. It's funny how, like you said, we both of us had to rack our brains to try to figure out who would be in this list. But actually, barring one or two sort of snuck past us, the majority of the of the superstar players still are still etched in our memory. So that's quite nice. Yeah. Um, and it's yes, yeah, it's, it's nice to see that some of the guys, like I said, right at the beginning, some of them are still here applying their trade. Some of them moved on to bigger and better th- better things. Some of them, this was their peak and, and were un- unable to to find that level again but um yeah i'm happy with this lineup jing i'm happy with this with this 11 i think you know we get really caught up in trying to figure out where the next homegrown talent where is the filipino talent going to emerge in the leagues that sometimes we take for granted the the foreign players that we have here and that we've been blessed with you know there's been so much to enjoy in terms of the quality that they bring and they're all on their their own journeys you know just I think we, we got to treasure the, the foreign talent that, that we have here on our soil as well. And um, we hope you guys enjoyed this little uh, walk down memory lane. If you guys have any suggestions or feel as if there needs to be a little bit of editing done on this list, then we definitely love to hear your thoughts on the conversation. Um, who's in your um, all-time 11? We'd love to know. Hit us up on 
Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram with your suggestions. And if you enjoyed this episode, please do subscribe on our YouTube, Spotify, and on Apple Podcasts. This is our all-time 4-11 in the Philippines. Um, any last words, Chris? That's it, mate. We'd love to hear some of the fans' perspectives. Uh, maybe they've got some ideas. Maybe they've... I remember seeing the old series team back in 2013 where they had, you know, some of the real old school Japanese and English guys, students yeah. who used to come down and play. Maybe they've had some, some obscure names that they want to add to the list. I'd be really interested to hear what some of the listeners and the viewers have uh, as being in their all-time 4 and 11. And uh, we're open to the debate. We're always interested to hear what people have to say. So if you think we're wrong, uh, message in we'd love to hear from you we'd love to see uh, see your all time 4 and 11 as well we look forward to hearing from you but that's it for us on this Football Friday <laughs>